What is Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark like from an AED perspective? Tom Holm will give some insight on that, and we're talking BYU offensive lineman with Connor Pay. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, of course, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. And yes, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're probably seeing a little different background than you typically have been used to over the past year plus uh, with the podcast. Finally, had some time on Independence Day. By the way, I hope you all had a fantastic Fourth of July out there. And obviously, got to spend some time with your family and friends. I uh, took part of the day and got my Father's Day gift finally installed. I'm going to duck my head. It'll get a nice little uh, heads up of my Bass Pro Shops hat. But if you look behind me there, nice little sign there that says Locked On Cougars in neon. Uh, my loving wife, Megan, actually ordered that for me and gave it to me for Father's Day. And finally took some time and got it installed and redid the back wall a little bit. Uh, some of you have commented on the other dead space uh, here in my home studio. It's actually a closet I've repurposed into a studio, but nonetheless, uh, we are going to have some floating shelves we'll be installing. So some upgrades continuing to come along here at the Lockdown Cougars headquarters, as it were, but all the same. Huge thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast. All right, let's actually get down to business and talk about what's going on with BYU and the Big 12. Had a great chance to catch up with Tom Homo uh, last uh, Saturday during BYU's big party to celebrate Big 12 Day, obviously. And hope you, by the way, a number of you had the opportunity to get down to that and had a good time. But he was talking about Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, obviously. And this is a guy who has made all kinds of headlines. If you're a Pac-12 fan, you can't stand the dude. If you're a Big 12 fan or a BYU you fan, you absolutely love him because he's been a visionary. He's been very, very good about uh, helping BYU and these other members of the Big 12 Conference uh, settle themselves and obviously get themselves established as we look towards the back half of this coming decade. Uh, but here's some thoughts from Brett, uh, not from Brett Yormark, about Brett Yormark from Tom Homo about how Yormark is operating and what he's done to really revolutionize the game as it were. There's no better person right now in college athletics than the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark. There's no, no one's more creative. No one thinks outside the box more. No one has delivered or executed better. And when I say that, we haven't, they, well, the Big 12's played games, but we haven't been in there as the, this, these 14 teams right now, 12 after this next year. And I think that's a, it's rubbed off on me to say, hey, that's a, if our conference, the Big 12, can, can be um, ahead of the game, let's try to figure out ways that we can do that. Without, without changing, like BYU, if y'all been around here for a little bit, we're going to look the same in many regards. We are who we are. Y'all have seen that. But we'll be the same but different. 
There you go, Tom Homo uh, talking about Brett Yormark, and Yormark truly is a visionary. He's got a completely outside-the-box look at things, and uh, we had an interesting conversation, by the way, on DJ and PK. Of course, my day job, I am the pr- producer for uh, DJ and PK on the KSL Sports Zone, 97.5 FM, uh, 1280 AM here in Utah. I had a great chat with Rondo Felberg, former BYU athletic director, a guy who has just a vast wealth of knowledge when it comes to BYU. His passion burns deep for the Cougars, but at the same time, he has sat in the AD chair that Tom Homo has sat in, and he had a very interesting comment. He talked about how conference commissioners in this day and age, even athletic directors as well, they are no longer former athletes turned uh, 80s. A lot of them are business people. They've been in the business of sports. They came up, have MBAs. They did sports management type degrees and that type of stuff. He said it's a different dynamic here here in uh, this day and age of college athletics with regards to how 80s and conference commissioners operate, but it's not a bad thing. The other thing he also added, it's just just a different way of doing things. And he said it's not a bad thing. It's It's just a different way that they operate. And I think that Brett Yormark is absolutely a visionary who's looking at things from a completely different look outlook than other conference commissioners George Klyovkov, probably most notably among them, is. And you can't tell me it was uh, not planned that the Big 12 officially executed their uh, new media rights deals or implemented them, I guess I should say, or whatever terminology uh, you want to use, on June 30 uh, to say that, hey, we are locked in, we're good to go beginning in 2025 with this new media rights deal. It'll carry us through through, uh, 2031. That that was a shot right across the bow once again of the Pac-12. And I don't blame Brett Yormark and the Big 12 at all. In fact, I encourage it. Uh, the Pac-12 has just been sitting on their hands saying, well, we're, we're, we're working on things. You know what? The Big 12 is a conference of action. That's that's one thing that you can take to the bank right now is the Pac-12 has been far too reactionary versus, in the case of Brett Yormark and the Big 12, proactive and getting out there and getting things done ahead of times. Now, uh, when it comes to decisions about how ADs and the conference uh, university presidents, chancellors, all type of stuff in the Big 12, how they interact with Brett Yormark, uh, you heard Tom Homo talk about the fact that uh, Brett Yormark is a visionary and uh, does things differently and gets things done. Uh, that's the other thing about this is he he he's a guy that just simply put wants to get things uh, in order, have them set up, and avoid any issues if at all possible that he possibly can avoid. Well, uh, in terms of dealing with him, very interesting comment uh, from Tom Homo about how uh, the business gets done in the Big Twelve. His input is imp- super important to us, but he's active. So I, I, his strategy, the way he works is he doesn't try to run things by the ADs at a really simple le- level. He'll come and challenge you like, this is what I want to do. And the first couple times he did that, the ADs are looking at each other like, whoa, that's not hadn't been done before. And so I don't think he's going to change that. Now, we've ad- adjusted and adapted and changed some things. And we've been, he's been great about when um, the, the room, the, the vast majority of the room says, not the right time, he'll drop it. But he will push it a long way down the road, a long way down. He doesn't give up easily. And so it, it, it's, he's got us all on our toes, and I think it's a good place to be. Will you guys be part of that initiative to move into Mexico? Oh, yeah. Have you, well, I guess, have you advocated, say, hey, we have members down there. We'd love it's to be BYU. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was the first one to raise my hand. <laughs> Whole game, we'll go there. We'll be there. Um, I, think it's a, it's, I think it fits right into our, our mission and 
the goals that we have is to you know be able to get access and exposure those are those are two key pillars that we we focused on in independence and those aren't going to change in the big 12 it just changes you change a little bit more but they're still the same so like now if those you know because you have teams from texas there's a lot of hispanic people in the state of florida around orlando and um you know and then you have the church so i'm super um bullish on certain um, promotions and programs that will highlight our opportunity to it's not about traveling and getting international but just certain markets for strategic reasons and to get exposure and get to the people there you go brett your mark is a guy who's really pushing things you said but at the same time if the feedback he's getting on stuff, he's willing to pull back on it, it sounds like. And I forgot to also mention that Tom Homo was going to talk. I asked him the question. You probably heard it in the background there. I asked him about, hey, are you guys willing to be part of that Mexico initiative? And I I, I expected the answer he gave. He's like, we're BYU. We're, we're an international university. We've got international appeal. We'd love nothing more, uh, as he mentioned, to be in strategic markets that will help market our brand and obviously help to build the Big 12 brand as well. So uh, very, very good stuff, I felt like, from Tom. Um, homo and I want to go back to a previous uh, the previous clip I played he also said at the end BYU is going to look the same but different and I know that sounds like a almost like uh, some legalese or some business jargon that you're like okay whatever that but here's the thing BYU is operating in many of the same ways that they used to but they're trying and I, I gotta give them credit they are trying uh, to bust out of that box a little bit uh, going back to the other conversation with Rondo Felberg uh, on DJ and PK he also talked about the fact that this this day and age of BYU's administrators the kind of the upcoming generation he said that in the past it was a kind of a make more with less type of mentality and he said the way BYU operated he said this new generation and he talks about donors and people inside the university on both sides said it's a different it's a different era now and BYU's embracing that's the thing I think that Tom Homo is alluding to is that BYU is going to hold to a lot of what it stands for, a lot of the the history that it upholds, all that, the 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 reputation it upholds as well. But at the same time, they are not afraid to quote unquote get with the times. They understand, you know what, we've got to do things in a different way here to stay relevant on a national scale. So uh, I really appreciate uh, Tom being willing to kind of dig more into that and explain, okay, this is kind of how the way we're going to operate. But I also heard him, hey, we're we're totally cool with the way that Brett Yorick, he's going to push things, obviously, and that's, that's his job as conference commissioner is to quote unquote push the envelope and really be able to get the conference members to maybe bust out of their shell a little bit or the the way they've done things before and try something new that, that that's a that's a great thing to have a conference commissioner push that but at the same time he's not pushing it so hard he's not going to ramrod it through he if the as you heard tom homo talk if tom homo say if the ad's push back and say you, you know what we need to have that uh sit on the, the the burner a little bit for a little while longer or get flesh that out a little bit more he's not willing he's not afraid no, he's not willing he's not afraid to back off that and say you know what okay we'll we'll, we'll put that on the back burner and we'll we'll approach some other things but it, the mexico initiative a chief among them i think it's it's just kind of a microcosm of what Brett Yormark and the Big 12 ultimately want to accomplish. And I'm sure BYU, as you'd heard Tom Homo say, will be very heavily involved as much as they possibly can just due to the fact there are a million-plus members of the Church of Jesus Christ down there in uh, Mexico. And uh, even if they're not necessarily American football fans or maybe necessarily – 
not necessarily a BYU fan per se, but the connection via the church can help draw in eyeballs, obviously, alone. That, that, that connection alone can help drive some things. All right, uh, coming up next, I'm going to catch up with Connor Pay, BYU offensive lineman. I promise after our Monday show, uh, we would talk to him. He was one of the players I got a chance to talk to at BYU's Media Appreciation Golf Tournament last week, uh, so about 10 days ago. Had a great chat with him about the offensive line, his play individually along the interior there, mainly at center, how things are looking for him as he goes into his redshirt junior season. Looks kind of explain it. You'll have him. You'll hear him explain. I should say uh, what his eligibility status is, and we'll get to that coming up here momentarily. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home, you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends. Perry Homes has the house for you for 50 years. Utah has been uh, coming home to Perry Homes. They got communities throughout the states. They are Utah, Utah's premier home builder, and they would love to, nothing more to help meet you guys and figure out what your needs are and answer those needs. The best part is they got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties. Also multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. They even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to make the move right away and they'd love nothing more to help you guys out in whatever circumstance you find yourself in. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Appreciate you guys all of your uh, support. It really does mean the world to us uh, here on the show. It helps us just really uh, continue to build the audience. Uh, you guys have been absolutely incredible at rating, reviewing, liking the show, uh, leaving comments, uh, and all of it, negative or positive, I read it all. So thank you for all of it. And uh, trust me, a lot of it's not really that negative. It's just you guys have stuff that you point out. So, for example, our Monday show, I'll just throw that as I, the top Tom Homo clips in that video uh, came out very, very low. Now, when I was editing it, it didn't sound as low to me as it ended up in the finished product. So that's on me. I needed to go back and double check that before I published the show. Well, I, I couldn't necessarily just redo the. I couldn't redo the file that was already published, especially on YouTube. I think it was the most notable people had issues with one on YouTube. Uh, but the biggest thing is I went back and just essentially republished the show uh, to make sure that the audio clips are at the level that you guys could hear them. And I appreciate the feedback. Trust me, I. I really do. It helps me get better. YouTube is still very much in some ways a foreign concept to me. Some of the things you have to operate and operate differently than audio editing in regular podcast form. But hey, I appreciate it. I thank you guys for all of your support. All right, uh, time now, as I mentioned, to hear from Connor Pay. Had a great chat with this young man, a guy that I think is going to find himself playing on Sundays in the relatively near future. Had a great chat with him about BYU's offensive line, where things stand as BYU enters the Big 12 Conference, and what he makes of the overall challenge of this upcoming season. You guys are days away from officially being in the Big 12. This has been a two-year process getting ready for this. They announced yeah. that two Septembers ago. How crazy has it been, but how exciting is it at the same time? I mean, it's kind of been so long that it's yeah. kind of like, oh, well, it's finally here. Sure. You know, it's, kind of, <laughs> it's a formality you know, it's, at this point. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a formality. We felt like and tried to act like we were playing in a conference like that and mm -hmm. at that level for 
a couple years now, just anticipating it, but it'll be good to have it officially be an official member. And, you know, it'll be nice for the school to get some uh, hefty checks in a few years. You know, hopefully they put a little bit back towards the football program. We'll see what they decide to do. <laughs> Let's hope so. But I'm glad that the university's getting yeah. their payday. It'll be sure. good. Absolutely. It's exciting. Now, you and Kingsley essentially are the two elder statesmen now on that offensive line. How weird does that feel to you as a guy who all of a sudden you've gone from being the underclassman to being one of the leaders? Yeah, of this it's kind of weird. It was a quick transition because, yeah. like, last year was technically my sophomore season, or a redshirt sophomore mm -hmm. season, Kingsley's freshman season. Mm -hmm. So it's like... And now all of a sudden then, especially in the spring before we had some of these transfers who are veteran players, it was yeah. in terms of like a decent amount of starts, it was basically just me. And so it was like, it was weird at first to kind of like look around and be like, oh man, I don't have someone who can remember this play from this game two years ago or sure. something, you know, cause like, yeah. cause we had Kingsley who has his 11, 12 mm -hmm. starts or whatever and me with my 20 something, I don't know. And then it was just, I don't know after that, right? Yeah. But now with the additions of like, and Braden Kime has started games, sure. so he's definitely a leader. <laughs> and now to have Caleb Etienne join us, Paul Miley, you know, some of those guys who, you know, are proven players. Ian Fitzgerald has started a lot of games. It's, yeah. been, it's been nice to have those guys in the room. Yeah. Now some veteran players who know the expectations and what it takes to be really good players. So it's been nice. Now, I wanted to ask you about those guys coming in. <clears throat> yeah. uh, in particular, guys like Waylon Lafuaho, mm -hmm. Paul Miley. The guys are playing on the interior like you do. Yeah. How do you think they fit in so far? Good. I mean, we haven't seen Paul yet. But, sure. I mean, watch this tape from the last yeah. two years. I don't think there's going to be an issue, you know? Yeah. And so I think the only issue right now is figuring out where we're going to play. Got it. You know, and so I think uh, Coach Funk will figure out how he wants to do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then Waylon coming in. And Waylon had a good spring. You know, and he started every game as a freshman at Utah State, which, you know, that's not easy to do to yep. come in and start as a freshman. So um, they've come in and they've, I think the biggest thing I think I was worried about was just the chemistry and the camaraderie because that's huge for an offensive line. And I was kind of worried with how many new faces, but uh, I, <clears throat> it's been awesome. Everyone's just accepted everybody in. Yeah. They're all a part of the family now, and I'd say the camaraderie might be even better now than it was in years past. Now, obviously, you have a new quarterback playing behind mm -hmm. you, Keaton Slovis. How do you think things went in the spring versus how things look right now, in your opinion, from him? Good. I think things went well in the spring, but obviously I had to work out a few kinks, right? He's yeah. new and kind of working out, you know, how him and I gelled in terms yeah. of calls, especially mm -hmm. in protections and yeah. that type of thing. Um, but I think spring went well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's no stranger to this type of offense and him and A-Rod and Matt see eye to eye on how they want uh, to quarterback the offense. Um, and so, but I think we've definitely taken steps forward this summer as we've done our, you know, PRPs and some other things like that when we've just been working out yeah. there as players. Yeah. And it's been, I think we're just taking one step at a time and it's getting better and better. Now, I don't think a lot of fans understand what a PRP is. Can you explain mm -hmm. it and explain what it is, A, and then how important yeah. they are for you guys? Yeah, so a PRP is a player-run practice. Yeah. So basically, it's it's a lot shorter than like a traditional sure. practice or something. We're not allowed yeah. to be in pads or mm -hmm. anything, but there are certain rules stipulating how much the coaches can be involved in the summertime, yeah. especially when there's a football involved. And so like the coaches can do some individual period stuff with us with no football involved. Yeah. And I don't know, the rules change every year. So I don't freaking know half the time what's going on. Um, but essentially we'll go through and run some plays, go through a script and, uh, <clears throat> you know, just basically practice just with no coaches there. And so it's essentially just on the players 
to make sure everyone's in the right spot, everyone's doing the right thing. We're rerunning plays, making sure we're getting things right. Um, and so it's a great it's a great opportunity for like the leaders to kind of come in and basically, at least for me, it's a great for just the, my yeah. mental uh, side of the game to kind of help make sure everyone's on the right page. You know, going through blitz cards, run review, that type of stuff, just to you know make sure that I'm sharp on all the calls. And it's a great opportunity for young guys to kind of start the mental processing and seeing different looks because that's one of the more challenging aspects when you get out live is things happen a lot faster and so letting them get started a little earlier on that is a huge advantage i think now i wanted to ask you about aiden robbins we mm -hmm. didn't see a bunch of him in spring some a little bit they said the coaches said at the end of spring he could have gone if it was a game type of situation but right. they want to be very careful with right. it how good is he in your mind as a running back i think he's a really good player just in watching his film at unlb yeah um, I mean, he just runs through people and he makes his reads really well. And I'm really excited to see how he does because he's a veteran player and he knows what it has to be done in order to play at that level, which I think might be one of the most important aspects. And, you know, now that running back room is starting to fill up a little bit with some really high quality players. So it's I think it's going to be exciting. And he's kind of the leader of that room. Um, and I'm really looking forward to how he plays because he I mean he talks to me all the time all the running backs hey can you explain this sure. the schemes to us yeah. the combos so we can get the reads right and so they're they're dialed in so I'm really looking forward to watching them play when it comes to the transfer portal getting guys into the program getting them integrated mm -hmm. you guys brought I think it was 20 or some odd guys have transferred into the program this offseason how has it gone do you feel like they guys have kind of just they've assimilated right in or I think so okay I was a little worried about that sure because that's a lot yeah that's a lot that's a lot of turnover for yeah. a team um, but especially with like like some of them being plug and play guys, sure. you know, or like maybe if it's like a freshman comes in, yeah. you know, like all right, they'll be here for a couple of years, then they'll get in to where they're really a contributor. Mm -hmm. But to have transfers come in and play right away, I thought you know that might be a little interesting. But it's been seamless for most of them. There's been there's been no issues on the team with yeah. any of the transfers, um, and everyone's just joined the family. Everyone's accepted them yeah. just with open arms and like well. You know, you're a good player, you're going to help us win games. And that's what matters at the end of the day. And it's like if you're upset about a transfer coming in who yeah. might have a chance to take your spot, play sure. better. Yeah. Play better. Light a fire under you. Yeah, you yeah. You know? Last thing for me mm -hmm. is how excited are you to lead BYU into their first year in the Big 12? I think it's really exciting. The opportunity to now have a conference championship on sure. the table yeah. um, is, is really exciting. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I mean, this kind of being our inaugural season, this will be one everybody remembers yeah. for good or for bad, right? <laughs> and so I think just having the opportunity to do that is, is special. You only, you only get to lead a team into a conference, a Power Five conference, usually once. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a special opportunity for all of us to be a part of BYU football history. And I think we have to honor that by playing as hard as we can, doing everything we can to win, and then letting the chips fall awesome. where they may. So. Well, Connor, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. There you go, Connor Pay, BYU offensive lineman. I can't thank him enough for taking the time to join us here on the podcast. Great chat with him. and A dude that I really think has got the, the a bright future ahead of him. I think he's got the capability of playing any one of the guard spots or the center spot, and I, I think he's totally cool to make sure that he uh, finds the right role for him, but also helps the team out as well as they go into the Big 12 Conference. And uh, like Once again, big thank you to Connor Pay for taking the time to join us right here on Locked On 
Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's show with another look back at another game in BYU football history. This one, much more fun than the last one we talked about. A big win as the BYU went down to Rocky Top. We're talking about it coming up here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball with FanDuel. Get 10 times back on your first bet, about, first bet amount in bonus bets. That's up to $200 back, my friends. That's right. Simply put, you put 20 bucks in, you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend on betting from everything from the money line to the over-under. Whoever you think is going to hit the first home run, have the first strikeout in any given game. It's just it's a really great way to get in on the action and do it all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid out instantly by our friends over at FanDuel. So there's no better, there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. That's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, my friends. Uh, I want to encourage you. I have just another reminder. We are doing a giveaway uh, essentially throughout the entirety of this month. We're going to uh, take in uh, your guys's. N- Entrance, entrances, uh, your entr- entries, I should say. Uh, we're giving away a signed Jaron Hall football as well as other BYU swag. We'd love nothing more uh, than for you guys to be entered to win that. All you got to do is to send us an email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Send us a screenshot of you being subscribed on YouTube and wherever else you get the podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google. You guys know the drill. Uh, wherever you guys get the podcast, let us know you're listening to the show. Essentially, show us evidence that you're doing that and you're entered to win. Like, I said the grand prize will be that Jaron Hall signed football. I've got other BYU swag. I've got uh, sitting here at uh, in the studio, etc. I'd love nothing more than to share it with you guys out there in Cougar Nation. So once again, email us locked on BYU at gmail.com. That's the email address to get entered to win today. All right, uh, before we go on today's show, let's look back at another game in BYU football history. I got to uh, pull up the right uh, document here, but we're looking back. We, go, we finished up the 2018 season. We looked at the first game of the 2019 season, and BYU uh, was off to a. It was disappointing, obviously, that Thursday night, marred by the lightning, finishing the game after midnight, losing to Utah. But then BYU had essentially 10 days. They had a road trip going down to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Volunteers. And this was a game I was at. I, I was down there at Neyland Stadium, had a great time visiting Rocky Top, and had uh, some really good fun with some good friends of mine uh, that I traveled with for this game. But as I was watching this game, I, I went down to the sideline. Media were able to go down to the sideline midway through the fourth quarter, really, and watch the rest of the game from the field. So I was sitting down there in the end zone uh, watching things unfold. And the pass, maybe you recall it, uh, Zach Wilson, BYU's down in this game. They need a, something. They needed they needed points to they needed a field goal to tie the game is what they needed but uh, it felt like they were just down to desperation time and then all of a sudden Micah Harper busts loose on a busted uh, coverage uh, it, fr- frankly it was just it was a busted in coverage and Zach Wilson heaves it to Micah Simon Simon has the wherewithal to understand you know what time and uh, time and distance. You know what I'm talking about. He wasn't going to get to the end zone, but he realized, you know what, i got to get down here. He gets tackled. They rush Jake Oldroyd out there. He makes the field goal. So that all unfolded uh, from my perspective from the opposite end zone. I was standing down there. I I watched the play unfold. I didn't notice that Micah Simon was all alone. I just saw Zach Wilson uncork a deep pass, and all of a sudden I see Micah Simon just streaking down the field. I'm like, oh my goodness, they got a chance here. There was a Tennessee fan behind me who led out um, what I will kindly say is an incredible string of profanity. 
uh, after that. I, obviously, this is a family-friendly show. I'm not going to try and repeat what that man uttered, but he was irate, just simply put, about Tennessee uh, giving up that play. They make the field goal. Of course, Tennessee fans will tell you it wasn't good. You know what? If it goes inside the pylon, they looked at it, it's good. So they tie it up. Then they get into overtime. This game just got really, really crazy. Both teams uh, had their moments in overtime, but BYU in the second overtime, the offensive line, uh, we just talked with Connor Pay, uh, that offensive line, he was not there yet. He actually was still on his mission. He returned in time for the 2020 season. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, but the offensive line, uh, they take they hand the ball off to Tyson Williams, and then that offensive line went to work. They're shoving and pushing and just aiding Tyson Williams to punch it into the end zone and score that touchdown. That touchdown happened not more than 20 feet in front of me. Absolutely incredible play. What an incredible win for BYU. I, I Then I obviously the players were going crazy on the football field. Uh, we were headed back to the media room, but I stayed on the field just for a little bit to kind of take in the scene. It was absolutely nuts. You could have heard a pin drop uh, seemingly inside of Neyland Stadium. More than 100,000 fans in attendance, and the ones clad in that orange were just absolutely just devastated. Just a crazy, crazy win. And dropped Tennessee to 0-2 on the year, got BYU to 1-1. But absolutely thrilling scenes uh, for BYU as they win this one. Uh, one other thing is after I, I left the field, kind of wandered back to the media area. It was, it was inside that, uh, that I guess, would be the end zone I was in. I was wandering back there. And Tennessee has a really cool thing. They actually drive the opposing coaches to their locker room on golf carts. Well, we're standing there waiting for the media session to begin. Also, I just, uh, there was lots of whooping and hollering, all that type of stuff going on outside the BYU locker room but all of a sudden I hear this yeah and I'm like who is that so I kind of peek around the corner out of the media room and I I look out there it's Jeff Grimes and he is just losing his mind just hyping his guys up and this is before by the way Grimey ended up uh, doing most of his offensive coordinating from the field he was up in the press box when he first uh, was at BYU he'd moved up there to call the game, but before he ultimately decided to make the move down to the sideline. But he was just whooping and hollering. And this is the thing. It was such a, a big win for BYU. And it set off a back-to-back uh, situation weekends of BYU getting thrilling wins. We'll talk about the USC win uh, here tomorrow. The Obviously, they came back home uh, for that one and involved a certain quarterback who's going to be QB1 this year for BYU. Kind of strangely funny enough how things uh, work out in the end. But it was just such a big win for BYU because they, they were down. It was desperate time. Uh, late in that game, that pass busted coverage. Micah Simon's smart enough to look up and realize I'm not going to make it to the end zone here, so I'm going to get down, get Jake Oldroyd out there. Jake the make gets the field goal, and then BYU prevails in overtime, and just a huge, huge win. Zach Wilson ended up 19 of 29 for 232 yards and a touchdown. Tyson Williams, 17 carries, 92 yards, two touchdowns. By the way, Micah Simon, monster game. Seven receptions, 127 yards uh, for BYU in this one. Obviously, that one he had 64 yards was the total length of that pass. What a thrilling win it was. And like I said, I, I, I'm i not 100% convinced I'm ever going to go to many more games that have like this uh, crowd going absolutely irate and then just moments later, seemingly, it's just dead quiet as they file out and obviously their team loses. But BYU fans that were there, I know a number of you that were because I saw a lot of Royal Blue in that stadium uh, relatively uh, for what I'm sure Tennessee expected, but it was a really 
really fun game to cover and a great trip. Uh, worth every every dime, penny, and nickel I spent uh, to make that trip. But nonetheless, great times all the way around. All right, so uh, we are probably over time on. Yeah, we are over time on today. Show. I was looking at my little timer here. But nonetheless, a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast as always. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, with BYU as you now look ahead uh, to the season start doing some player uh, previews, uh, player, again, not player previews, like opponent previews, like getting you ready for the upcoming uh, season for BYU, as well as some lookbacks also. Uh, in, in addition to what we've done with these game-by-game uh, game lookbacks, I also want to do some other things with regards to, okay, who are the greatest in BYU's independent history now that BYU's officially in the Big 12? It's the month of July, not a lot going on. It's the dead period for recruiting. Media Days is still over a week away. I'll be headed out uh, to, uh, uh, to, I'll actually be in Texas. It it's, it's begins a week from today, crazily enough. I, I just realized that. Uh, but nonetheless, big thank you all the same for your support of the podcast. Stay with us every single day. Uh, make sure you're in every day with us here on the podcast. And a big thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day as well. Until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your afternoon, evening, morning, late night, whenever you're watching this. We will talk to you guys again next time. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.